Laudator Jesus Christus, Vatican and World News. In the headlines is Tuesday, February 27th. U.S. President Joe Biden says he hopes to see a truce in the Israel-Gaza war by next week. Bishops in the Philippines call for special protection of the Verde Island Passage, the site of a massive oil last year. And Pope Francis releases his prayer intention for March, dedicated to the Christians around the world persecuted for their faith today. In the Vatican, I'm Joseph Tullock. U.S. President Joe Biden has said he hopes to see a truce in the Israel-Gaza war by next week, ahead of the upcoming Muslim holy month of Ramadan. Nathan Morley has more. Mr Biden's comments come amid reports of some progress in indirect talks involving Israeli and Hamas officials. Media reports suggest it would involve aid deliveries to Gaza and the release of more hostages taken during the 7th of October Hamas attacks last year. So far, though, Israel has not commented, and according to British media, Hamas officials have said the two sides are not as close to a ceasefire deal as President Biden has suggested. Reuters, quoting an unnamed source with knowledge of the talks, reports that Hamas is still studying a draft framework which would include a 40-day pause in all military operations and the exchange of Palestinians held in jails for Israeli hostages. Elsewhere, Egyptian air forces have reportedly airdropped humanitarian aid to Gaza on Tuesday. Local TV in Cairo quoted a security source who said the airdrops included food and medical supplies for the blockaded territory. Meanwhile, Israeli jets conducted three airstrikes on a hamlet in southern Lebanon on Tuesday, killing a Hezbollah fighter and two members of the Palestinian Al-Quds Brigade. The strike came as Hezbollah fighters fired a volley of missiles at an Israeli airbase on Mount Jarmak in revenge for Israel's ongoing bombardment of southern Lebanon. For Vatican Radio, this is Nathan Morley reporting. Palestinian-American professor Mohammed Abu Nimba has been chosen to receive this year's Niwano Peace Prize in recognition of his lifelong commitment to peace and interfaith dialogue. As Linda Bordoni reports, the motivations expressed by the Niwano Peace Foundation are particularly poignant in a world fragmented by intolerance and mistrust and broken by war. In light of the ongoing conflict in his homeland, Israel and Palestine, which has escalated into one of the region's most devastating wars, we believe that there could not be more fitting and timely recipient for this year's Niwano Peace Prize. Thus reads the statement announcing the name of the winner of the prestigious award. Professor Abu Nimber's dedication to peace, it adds, transcends mere academic pursuits. The annual prize, which comes with a grant of 20 million yen, aims to recognise and encourage those who significantly contribute to interreligious cooperation, fostering global peace. Professor Abu Nimber will receive it in Tokyo this coming May the 14th. What is most impressive about his work is his holistic contribution to the cause of peace, the Foundation Committee says. In fact, his work integrates education, with conflict resolution and peace-building activities, particularly through his profound understanding of forgiveness and reconciliation in Islam and applying it effectively in practice. One member of the committee describes Professor Abu Nimber, who is a Sufi Muslim, as a trailblazer in interreligious dialogue, working in conflict zones from Northern Ireland to Sri Lanka to Mindanao, the Balkans, and to numerous African countries. His impressive record of leading 
training, facilitating and building, all deeply rooted in and inspired by the Islamic tradition, and his work to promote peace, understanding and cooperation have rightfully earned him this prestigious accolade. I'm Linda Bordoni. Pope Francis has been calling for a ceasefire since the 29th of October. Now in the Philippines, the coordinator of the bishop's Laudato Si program has called for a special marine protection of the Verde Island Passage known as the Amazon of the Oceans. The area was the site of a massive oil spill in early 2023, and Thaddeus Jones tells us more in this report. Bishop Gerardo Alminaz of San Carlos in the Philippines has called for justice for the victims of the oil spill off the coast of the Philippine island of Mindoro. That's deprived thousands of local fishermen of their livelihood and caused environmental devastation. Recalling the first year since the disaster, Bishop Alminaza, as the primary coordinator of the Laudato Si program of the Philippine Bishops' Conference, along with other leaders, issued a statement calling for efforts to assist those affected by the tragedy and to ensure such a disaster never happens again. Efforts to restrict the growth of polluting industries around the Verde Island Passage, just off the coast of Mindoro Island, are underway and to have it declared a special protected marine landscape. Father Edward Gariguez, a former director of Caritas in the Philippines, is a spokesperson for a group of local and national associations and communities working to preserve the biodiversity of this area and especially to assist the coastal fishing populations whose survival depends on it. Known as the Amazon of Oceans, the area suffered a massive environmental disaster when an oil tanker carrying 900,000 liters of industrial oil sank, causing a massive spill. In an interview with FIDA's news agency, Father Garriguez lamented that the water quality in the corridor does not meet the standards for protected waters, and the disastrous impact still weighs heavily on the local fishing industry and economy, apart from creating ongoing health risks. He calls for official legal protection of the area to safeguard biodiversity before it's too late, but also and especially the vulnerable fishing communities whose livelihoods depend on it. That is Jones. On Friday the 8th of March, Ireland is set to vote in a referendum to change the wording of the Constitution on family and care. Irish citizens will be asked to decide on amendments to constitutional articles defining family as, quote, founded on marriage, with an option to include another, with an option to include, in quotes, other durable relationships and to delete the women in the home clause. Commenting on the proposed changes, the Irish bishops say that they would diminish the unique importance of the relationship between marriage and family and that the role of mothers should continue to be enshrined in the constitution. Lisa Zengarini has more. In a statement released on Monday, the Irish bishops expressed their concerns over the proposed constitutional amendments, lamenting in particular that they would have the effect of abolishing all reference to motherhood in the constitution. Regarding the First Amendment on the family, the Bishops' Conference remarked that the proposed new text diminishes the unique importance of the relationship between marriage and family in the eyes of society and state and is likely to lead to the weakening of the incentive for young people to marry. 
While marriage entails a public and legal commitment, they said, the term durable relationship is shrouded in legal uncertainty and is open to wide interpretation. With regards to the CARE amendment, the statement noted that the Irish Constitution already recognises and seeks to facilitate the choice of mothers who wish to care for the needs of the family and the home. Contrary to some recent commentary, they said, the Constitution emphatically does not state that a woman's place is in the home, neither does it excuse men of their duties to the home and family. According to the Irish bishops, the proposed amendment would leave unacknowledged the particular and incalculable societal contribution that mothers in the home have made and continue to make in Ireland. Concluding, the statement therefore reiterated that the role of mothers should continue to be cherished by the Irish constitution. I am Lisa Zengarini. In more world news, Senegal's president has said that elections will be held before the rainy season begins in around July. President Macky Sall on Tuesday reiterated his, commi- his commitment to leave office before his mandate ends in April, but the election's 16 candidates have refused to take part in a dialogue with the sitting president. They insist that an election date must be set as soon as possible in line with a court order earlier this month. Sall had postponed the election while citing unresolved disputes over who could run, but the Constitutional Court struck down the delay as illegal. Senegal had previously been seen as one of Africa's most stable democracies, but disputes over the election have plunged the country into a political crisis, with widespread rioting and protests in which hundreds of people were jailed. The country's bishops have expressed concern and urged the government to abide by the Constitution and set a date for the vote as soon as possible. In Europe... NATO member Greece said today that it wants to help traditional ally Armenia shift alliances westward, arguing that improved ties with the European Union would boost the stability of the troubled Caucasus region. Armenia, which has a close military and trade ties with Russia, is reeling from a recent border conflict with neighbouring Azerbaijan. Last year, more than 100,000 ethnic Armenians living in the breakaway Karabakh region in Azerbaijan fled to Armenia. And angering Moscow, Armenia held joint military exercises with the United States and also pledged to speed up reforms aimed at strengthening its partnership with the EU. The Greek Prime Minister on Tuesday told his visiting Armenian counterpart that his government hoped to assist in that process. We fully support Armenia's orientation toward the West, the Greek PM said. It is natural, as a member of the European Union and NATO, that our country is ready to contribute with know-how and experience to building this new liberal democracy. The Armenian Prime Minister thanked his Greek counterpart for his government's support in forging new EU-Armenia partnership talks. Our cooperation with the EU EU has already wielded results and I am sure that in the near future these results will become more visible, he said. And lastly, the Taliban have publicly executed a man convicted of murder in northern Afghanistan. Thousands gathered to watch the event at a sports stadium. Monday's execution was the third carried out publicly over the past five days. The Taliban, despite initial promises of a more moderate rule, began carrying out severe punishments, such as executions, floggings and stonings, shortly after coming to power in August 2021. The punishments are similar to those during their previous rule of Afghanistan in the late 1990s. Now, Pope Francis has released his monthly prayer intention for March. This month, he invites us to pray for the new martyrs, Christians persecuted for their faith around the world. As Francesco Merlo reports, the Holy Father recalls a story he was told by a widowed Muslim, Muslim refugee who recounted the martyrdom of his Christian wife. For the martyrs of our day, 
witnesses to Christ. In a new release of the Pope video, Pope Francis requests prayers for the new martyrs of our day so that they might imbue the church with their courage and missionary drive. Introducing his prayer intention for the month of March, Pope Francis decides to share with us a story which he says is a reflection of the church today and one that is a story of a little-known witness of faith. He recalls the story of a widowed man when he visited a refugee camp in Lesbos. The man, a Muslim, recounted the harrowing story of how his wife, who was Christian, was asked by terrorists to throw a crucifix to the ground. She didn't do it, and they slit her throat in front of me, the man told the Pope. Pope Francis notes that this man held no grudges and was instead focused on his wife's example of love, a love for Christ that led her to accept and to be faithful to the point of death. The Holy Father emphasizes that there will always be martyrs among us and that this is a sign that we are on the right path, as the courage and the witness of martyrs is a blessing for everyone. In fact, the Pope continues, I have been told that there are more martyrs today than at the beginning of Christianity. Thus, Pope Francis invites all the faithful to pray for those who risk their lives for the gospel all over the world, that they might imbue the church with their courage and missionary drive and be open to the grace of martyrdom. In its press release accompanying this month's prayer intention, the Pope's Worldwide Prayer Network notes that in 2023 alone, aid to the church in need received reports in 40 countries of people who were assassinated or sequestered because of their faith. Nigeria has become the country with the highest number of assassinations. In Pakistan, in the Diocese of Faisalabad, the churches and homes of the Christians in Jaranwala were attacked. And in Burkina Faso, Catholics in Debe were expelled from their village solely because of their faith. I'm Francesca Merlo. That brings us to the end of this edition of Vatican and World News. For more on these and other stories, please do visit our website at www.vaticannews.va. That's vaticannews.va. And you can also catch the latest updates on our Facebook, X and Instagram pages. Just search Vatican News. Many thanks go to Daniele Giorgi in the studio in the Vatican. I'm Joseph Tullock. Goodbye. <laughs>